Hey everybody, JR here. This week on Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, we have Entourage superfan Anthony on to discuss the season one finale, New York. Anthony actually runs the very popular Instagram account, Entourage Quotes. Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you're already following his account. If you haven't yet, give that a follow. He does a great job posting clips from the show a couple times per week. He was a great guest, a true Entourage fan, which is always fun to have on. Personally, I really liked having conversations with people who just love the show and want to talk about it in detail. Apologies ahead of time for the less than stellar audio quality this week. We had some connection issues due to some heavy storms on the West Coast, so I had to resort to the Skype backup call. I'm working on fixing that moving forward. I'm a stickler for production quality, so I hope it doesn't affect your listening experience today. Thank you to everybody who has written in, commented, shared, or left me feedback. Now that season one is coming to a close, I want to make some changes moving forward. First, I don't want there to be as much focus on what hasn't aged well. Every week, I do like to point out the things that haven't aged well, but belaboring the point that like certain words aren't appropriate anymore and revisiting that conversation episode by episode every week isn't exactly a hot take I want to keep firing up. The show is supposed to be a celebration and a walk down memory lane, and that's exactly what it's going to be. We will still discuss things that haven't aged well because some of that shit's just funny. For example, in this week's finale, Turtle watches pay-per-view porn on the couch in the middle of the day, which just wouldn't happen anymore. Those types of moments are definitely worth pointing out. And one last little bit of programming notes. Next Monday morning is going to be the Season 1 review episode. Me and a guest will discuss all of Season 1 as a whole, what we liked, what we didn't, the highs and the lows before diving into season two. So make sure you tune into that, and then I promise we'll get right back on this train. I hope whichever team you're rooting for in the Super Bowl won, enjoy the episode, and thanks for listening. And remember, don't let the suit get to you. As long as I'm here, I want to talk. About management. <laughs> there you go, baby. All right. Come here, let's hug it out, you little bitch. I love it. Welcome back, everybody, to Oh Yeah, Oh Yeah, the Entourage Podcast. I am your host, J.R. Hickey, coming to you from San Francisco, California. Super pumped to be talking about the season one finale, New York. It aired on September 12th, 2004. Lot to get to. This is a bigger episode than most other weeks so far. Every episode of Entourage up until this point in season one has been about 23 to 24 minutes. This episode comes in at a whopping 32 minutes, so there's 
so much more to talk about. If you haven't yet, make sure you please leave us a five-star review. We have a lot of cool shit planned for season two, and those five-star reviews help this podcast be seen by many people. I'm sitting across from, well, virtually I'm sitting across from, the entourage social media god. This young man is down in San Diego, and he runs the very, very popular Entourage Quotes Instagram account. If you haven't yet, go follow that account. He posts video clips from the show pretty much daily, and he is right in the neighborhood of 100,000 followers. So, Anthony, I need to I need to know the story behind this. Welcome to the podcast, but tell me more about this account, man. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of a odd story. I d- actually, uh, I just one day was thinking about, you know, just how much I'd like the show and, and how there's nothing really out there. There's the, uh, there's the accounts that are, are just posting, you know, photos or photos with quotes on them or whatever, whatever have you. Uh, but yeah, to be honest, I think maybe it was around the time that video had started. I, I, I couldn't even recall, but thinking you know what it would be cool to just see some quotes or you know in video format so um i i, I fired up the account and just had probably the lowest hopes possible on it so i was i was actually going on youtube i was just downloading clips that already you know were cut and and then i was cutting them down just to the 15 seconds that was available at the time and then posting them and and, and right out of the gates i think i had a conversation with a buddy and it was like you know what it was October, and then I was like, you know what? I bet I can get a thousand followers by the new year, or something, something like that. So yeah, I had manageable. This, this, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, so I started posting, and I my goal was, you know, just three clips a day, which w- I feel like today would be obnoxious, but uh-huh. maybe other people would disagree. <laughs> um, so I started posting three quotes a day, and you know, every time I was just sitting around doing nothing, I was going on, I was searching hashtags and just liking people's photos which was just ridiculous when i think back about how much time i you know i was liking photos. people were tagging ari gold and it was like the photo was them you know camping or something <laughs> something just totally arbitrary yeah, wearing a ari. suit somewhere <laughs> oh yeah so it was it was like I, I i put about 25 or so videos on the page and then i went on this sort of hashtag liking campaign um and it and it almost seemed like everything i liked you know entourage the hashtag is a little more generic so um more so with the re and and all the other more specific hashtags it it almost seemed like every time i liked something i got a follow out of it so it just kind of it was it was whatever i put in i kind of got right out on like a equal input output so and then uh I, i think fast forward i actually went on a trip to indonesia and in in november probably like a month or two later and uh and I probably only had about a thousand followers uh, by New Year's, just on the dot, yeah. but um, four or five hundred or so around this time. And then I was actually at, we were I went with three buddies and we're sitting at this bar and 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 Ubud and uh, my phone's just on the table and it just all of a sudden lights up and uh, all these lights just start flowing across the screen and I'm looking at it going, what the hell is going on? So. Yeah, so it was just a ton of likes all of a sudden overnight and follows and all this all this shit. So uh did someone uh, from the show share a clip or was there just uh some sort of repost or something? I'm just curious at this point. <laughs> so at this point, the only thing that had happened was is I had gotten a message from 
I, I forget what the account was, but it was someone affiliated with like, fuck Jerry. They, yeah. they, um, I, can't, I can't think of the account name, but they had messaged me. The only thing I could piece together at this point was they had messaged me that night and said something like, Hey, great job on the, on the, on the page. I think you could do a little better. Use <gasps> this software to cut it or something. And I was just thinking, fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Uh, fuck all those meme uh, reposting accounts. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, you know, so we were, Anyway, so, but that was it at the time. I had no idea. I couldn't really attribute it back to anything specific. I kind of scoured. I didn't see any posts or any reposts or anything. So I don't even remember when I figured it out. But fast forward, at some point, six months later or something, I just, I realized that uh, Turtle had posted something on his Facebook, which was, I don't know how that was attributing back. I guess when you connect them, and yeah. it, it links to Instagram. I don't really know a whole lot about that. But um, he had posted reposted probably a couple of the clips um and i looked at the date and i was like son of a bitch he, it was that time so when he did that it, it shot up like i think to like three to five thousand uh followers and you were off to the and, races and was blown away so <laughs> dude that is uh, that yeah. is so funny that you just told that story because listeners of the pod know i just got back from my honeymoon in ubud like three weeks ago. <laughs> so this podcast is only six or seven weeks old and half of it, I, the half of this first season one, I spent like on the other side of the world, managing it from a cafe in Ubud and Uluwatu and Seminyak. Yeah. This, 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 this podcast and this inception of this, this entourage <laughs> quote page just came full circle. <laughs> uh, who knows how many other people discovered it on their Southeast uh, Asia adventures. But yeah, I, I actually heard you say that and I was like, son of a bitch, this is not a story right there. <laughs> But yeah, so that was kind of that was kind of how it started, and then after that, it was like, okay, surpassed the goal by like three thousand percent. So just you know, keep it going, and 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 uh, and yeah, so that was that was the that was the start of it. Um, pretty cool, I guess. Super cool, and so needless to say, you are pretty much the biggest Entourage fan we've had on the podcast so far. <laughs> I, you know, I, I was thinking about that today, and I was. It's like, you know, what, what makes the biggest fan? Cause, um, it seems like a lot of people know a, a, a shit ton about it. So, so maybe, maybe not. I think I just, maybe I just got there first, yep. um, as far as the video page goes, but I would say a pretty big fan. Um, <laughs> I don't know how much I subscribe to the, the arbitrary things like, uh, you know, this, this actor was this scene, this restaurant was filmed, you know, twice sure. or, or, or whatnot, but. Um, that's my job, but, uh, yeah, I was huge. It was, it was greatly impacted by it and, and definitely a huge fan of it for sure. I haven't watched an actual full episode in probably, I don't know, three or four years besides up until this podcast, just because I'm living in it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you are living in it. You're, you're <laughs> immersed in the videos. This is my job. You, you cover the video clips and I'll, handle the like real minutiae nitpicky type things from the show uh, on an episode episode basis yeah sure okay so why don't we break down season one episode eight new york do it new york the season one finale aired on sunday september 12th 2004 it actually had taken a one-week hiatus the weekend before due to the Labor Day weekend. So basically, you had episode 7, the scene, introducing Billy Walsh, and then everyone kind of had to wait for two full weeks to find out how the season ended. 
the number one song on the Billboard charts that week? Anthony, any guesses? You know, I saw this question. I I, I purposely didn't research it, but <laughs> a Jay Z song. Okay. Not a bad guess. It, it was not a Jay-Z song. It um, Dethroning, Lean Back, uh, Fat Joe and the Terror Squad, the new number one song on the Billboard charts for the week of September 12, 2004, the song Goodies by Sierra featuring Petey Pablo. I got a sick reputation for handling bras. All I need is me a few seconds and more. And it's a rap. Tell the lady bring my lap. And I ain't coming back so you can put a car right there. I'm the truth. And I ain't got nothing to prove. And you can ask anybody because they seem to do it. Barricades or run right through them. You fool. Throw all the dirt. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, this same night... Uh, it wasn't really the same night. It was more just like the time. Pe- I was. I always try to find some like fun, interesting trivia about the like same time period, same weekend that this episode dropped. But this was a really bad, weird time in history. Uh, hurricane Ivan, a Category Five hurricane, was just absolutely battering Jamaica and the Caribbean. Caused like twenty six billion dollars in damages. There were like dozens and dozens of deaths and. Like right before, we're basically leading up to the John Kerry George Bush election. We're like a few months out, so they are just going at it in the media. Given that this was three years after 9 11, John Kerry, like the night before this episode aired, basically blamed Bush for for 9 11, said he tried to play the politics of fear and exploit the war on terror to get reelected. Really, just like. Not a not a pretty time in uh, in in our past, and uh, maybe that's why like I wanted to to go back on that news because like then we had this episode, which we'll get into it, but it is one of the better episodes of Entourage, at least in the uh, early part of the show. I was gonna say, you know, for all the turmoil that you just described, it's a it's a it's a great episode, um, and and I and I didn't see it for a while in its entirety, so just watching it recently was like ah, what, what, you know, what a good one. I mean, you could dive into that 9-11 thing all day, but, yeah. but the episode is great. <laughs> well, I promised to keep the 9-11 talk to an, a bare minimum for the remainder of this podcast. It just had to be mentioned because it was you know, September 12th this year, and it was very shortly afterwards. But yeah, in this episode, as production on Queens Boulevard is about to be din, the boys are preparing to go to New York City for the next three months. Vince puts Turtle in charge of their Bon Voyage party, and meanwhile, drama's agent Adam Davies tells him that the producers of CSI Minneapolis want him to audition for a guest role. The trouble is that the pilot's production will conflict with his small role in Queens Boulevard. Eric has an epiphany while waiting outside for Vince to finish with one of his lady friends. He wants a title to go along with all of his responsibilities. So after seeking advice and support from Ari, he gets to work on pitching himself to Vince. When their dinner meeting ends on a sour note, it looks like the entourage will be minus one on their trip to New York. En route to the airport, Drama points out to Vince that he will never find a person better suited to be his manager than E. And on the tarmac, a few last-minute surprises occur, and the boys all board a private jet to New York City. Let's get into it. Anthony, what was your favorite moment from this episode? Yeah, so, you know... Favorite favorite moment, um, it, it, you know, obviously is, is definitely the Larry David scene. I think to this day, I can't even tell you how many times I'm just sitting there, and, and the only thing I remember is just like the the Vin Diesel with the he's got the fucking <laughs> goggles on, you know, they're making they're making power shakes. Uh, that that scene is just like to this day, you know, not a terrible amount of my friends know Entourage that well, so it's like uh, kind of ironic, I guess, but. And I'll drop things like that, and people are just looking at me like, like, what the hell is he talking about? And it's, 
and it's and it's that and that scene is a, one of the first scenes that comes to mind is, is just and then he just snaps a drama for you know talking to a real client and, and, and that honestly that's and, and who doesn't love larry david yeah that definitely by far probably one of my favorite overall i'm waiting for your phone call i call your office I, you know that i don't get a call back then i turn on the tv and i see you sitting next to vin diesel so what the hell is that i told emily to call you she didn't call she fucked up my blackberry was broken wait I a second i called her okay she gave you that message and you never called me back Okay, I was going to go to the game with you. I told Emily that we were going to be late, okay? I went to go talk to Vin. He's doing the whole, he's got an 18-wheeler with equipment and going crazy. They're making power shakes. I don't know, he's got the fucking crazy glasses on. I don't know what's happening. I told Emily to call you. What she are you talking? What language are you talking? You thought you were going to, is this an excuse? I don't even know what you're talking about. No, it is, it is exactly what happened. What happened? I still don't know. You're talking Chinese. What <laughs> no, language are you talking? talking Chinese. I, I love the scene. I mean, this was, we talked about this a little bit off air, but like, it was one of these cameos that I forgot happened in this episode like I, I had always thought the larry david cameo was a great entourage cameo but when it happened in this season eight i'm sorry in this episode eight finale i was genuinely like ecstatic i was like oh this is the the larry david scene he's like ari blames emily for like for like a phone mix up larry's like what language are you talking is this an excuse are you giving me an excuse right now the way that he like uh judges dr- dramas goatee is like that's eh, okay <laughs> It's it's perfect. It was like it was like a quick little scene uh, out of Curb Your Enthusiasm, smack dab in the middle of the Entourage finale. It was good. I think pretty. Uh, you know, this is one of those things. I, I I don't know too too much about these sort of little ins and outs. Is you know probably pretty unscripted. I, yep. I imagine the way Larry David operates. So yeah. yeah. I don't know. Impressive. Yeah. I don't have any uh, you know background information on that, but it did seem like it was a little bit off the cuff. Um, yeah, classic scene. We'll we'll get more to that when we talked about our favorite celebrity cameo. My favorite moment from the episode is honestly just the last scene. I think it's like a to me personally, it's like a top ten entourage scene. Vince boards the uh, private jet with Drama and Turtle. Tur- uh, he's just standing there by his 1992 Honda Civic, and he thinks like, "Well, that's it. Fuck that guy. Doesn't want me to be his manager." And then the jet like slows down, and Vince charges off the jet, and before he's even like within. 10 yards of E. He's like, You're telling me you're willing to fuck up our friendship? This doesn't work out. There's no turning back. My best friend I can't fire, but my manager is replaceable. Yeah, that's the chance I'm willing to take. Yeah? At 5% of me, I take that chance too. 10%. Plus health insurance. It's a, a great purely dramatic moment in the midst of all of this kind of bros being bros and 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 uh it 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 works it really worked for me what what were your thoughts on that scene well first thanks for making me feel like the insensitive ass for choosing the you know the ari gold scene over like one of the most turning points of of eric and vince's relationship there are no wrong answers Um, on this podcast you know you know what now that you say it like that i remember posting that um i actually remember posting that clip for the first time and just thinking like damn uh, it, we, we all have a best friend and it's like, yeah, we would, we do the same thing. And, you know, we all knew when I was watching the episode, I was thinking, Eric takes so much shit this oh. whole episode. Oh my God. Yeah. From everyone. Yeah. Emily's flipping him off. Ari's being a dick to him. You know, Vince is, you know, off brand and just, you know, really picking on him and they have that dinner. And I was just thinking like, this is, you know, pretty terrible. And it, it that's, I almost feel like it's the last time it's like that. It's a, so, it's yeah, a nice so when redeeming that, when that moment. Scene happened, it was like, exactly. So, so yeah, that, that, 
very meaningful moment in the in the show. So for sure. Yeah, he's. If, you know, Vince says like at five percent, it's going to be a lot, and he's like, no, actually, ten percent. I don't want health insurance. And Vince, you know, he he he's kind of taking aback at at East stepping to him a little bit. But ah, okay, this guy can play ball for me. Yeah, exactly. You mentioned least favorite moments. E getting picked on. That's a lot of it for me. Kristen. So my least favorite moment in the episode is any time that E is just like taking shit. He's didn't psychoanalyzed by Kristen at her apartment. She's like playing games with him. She's like, well, maybe we're a couple, maybe we're not. It's typical like textbook female bullshit. And really, this is Vince's worst episode of season one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, voice broke right there, but yeah, totally. I think it, after watching this, I was like, well, the only one that this doesn't really hold a candle to is is uh, you know that 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 episode in season two when he is just in that Mandy spiral. Oh yeah, it's it's. I almost refuse to post around that because it pisses me off so much. <laughs> um, well, maybe we'll have you back for one of those episodes. That's a, that is Vince uh, in rare form. Vince is like. Keeps asking E, like, what's the deal with Scarlett Johansson? Like, dude, you are a movie star. So, where are we at with Scarlett Johansson? Where are we at? Yeah, where are we at? I told you I wanted you to hook me up with. <laughs> I told you I don't know her. Quit getting your boys to, like, <laughs> what, what, corral pussy for you? That's insane. He's, like, diddling with all of his, like, little girls that are stopping by the whole time. And when E's like, hey, can I take you out to dinner? Vince is like, oh, relax, E. Everything's fine. This was the first episode where Vince's whole, like, oh, everything's fine, bro. Like, we're all good. It really actually got to me. Yeah, I, and, 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 you know, it, it, at the end of the day, it's writing. But I think if you were to just kind of put that aside, I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's, uh, it, it, there, there is some, relatability to like you know the sort of inception of when you become a celebrity nothing's really defined yet for your friends who are a your driver or you know the guy who makes your protein shakes or or the uh you know the guy who's supposed to be your manager but is unofficially your manager and and you kind of have this free reign to kind of walk on them i don't know I'm, i was trying to justify that in my head earlier and it was because it, it kind of disappears he, he develops a pretty big respect for e as as the uh as the show goes on, so well, maybe there uh, is something to weird, that. But, yeah. He needed to see E kind of step up for himself a little bit, so maybe he was testing him a little bit. But I just think it made Vince yeah. look like a douche through and through. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, and and he, I think he redeems himself pretty quickly at the start of season two. But uh, I'd have to check into that. <laughs> check your uh, check your video logs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I should probably wipe some of that that library of cuts. <laughs> Space. Anthony, what was your favorite line or some of your favorite lines from this episode? So this is going to be, it's not even, um, I don't even think anyone's going to relate to this one, but for me and, and, and just kind of my humor with my friends, I was watching it. And I was like, son of a bitch that that's like super good. Uh, it's going to fall flat. But, um, there's this point in the episode where they're in the kitchen and Vince runs into some chick on the way home. She gives him a ride. Yep. And then, uh, Eric's in the kitchen. They're kind of having this argument and she's even chiming in against Eric. And then he's digging, Vince is digging into the fridge and he's asking her what she wants. And she asked for a juice box. <laughs> that was super fucking weird. <laughs> hey, you want a drink, babe? Yeah. You got any juice boxes? And he just, uh, he like just nails the look of like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like a, a fucking juice box. Yeah. Uh, anyways, that, that one just, that one's like, it's, I guess, I, I I'm, I'm very interested in the subtleties, and it was uh, it was just something like, what was the writer? Well, like, where did that come from? Yeah. Uh, who asked for a juice box? So 
maybe I played that a little bit to something off the beaten path since we got Larry David in here and stuff, but <laughs> it actually it actually made me chuckle like Dude, ten years later. Entourage so. is an onion that has many layers that appeal to different people. So if you like the juice box scene, that's own that shit. <laughs> it's completely understandable. Yeah, I thought it was great. I chuckled. The uh that actress uh who played Janine, she's named Nadine Velasquez. She was actually in the lead for five seasons. She was Sophia Ruxin's super hot wife, and she's been steadily working ever since. She's been on two other TV series, Major Crimes and something called Six, but she was another one of those faces in the crowd that, like, I just had to be like, who the fuck, where do I know her from? Um, oh, shit. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> she nails that. She nails that character. Totally. So my favorite line, I have a few, of course, um, when... Adam Davies is telling drama about CSI Minneapolis, and drama goes, You think I got a shot at this? You're Johnny Drama. You always got a shot. <laughs> perfect sleazeball Davies, and it just, it's the perfect description of the Johnny Drama character. Like, drama always has a shot at every role. He just doesn't get them that often. He gets in his head. He gets in his freaking head, man. And yeah. I think people call that out quite a bit in the shows. Yeah, speaking of Ari, I, I liked when, um, he asks him for support in being Vince's manager, and Ari kind of gives him the advice of... You deal with talent the same way you deal with women. You have to make them believe that they need you more than you need them. He doesn't need me that much. Of course he doesn't need you. You're fucking worthless. I get a million morons to come in here and do the job. That's not the point. Then what is the point, Ari? The point is that he is an insecure fuck. Like all beautiful but handed everything on a silver platter people. He doesn't trust anyone in this world but you. You've been born into royalty, baby. You know that. Now you just got to be thankful and wear the crown. So true. Like, I know at some point in the show, he says something like, since you were born next door to Vince, like, you get to be this superstar agent. I really love Ari in season one. He has his down moments, but his highs are, are very high. Okay, and the last line that I really love from this episode, I say it often when I go out to, like, a nice dinner and I know somebody is treating. Hey, listen, mm -hmm. you remember that really good bottle of wine that I got here with Ridley? Yes, 82 Margot. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. We're going to have two of those. Oh, okay. Is that the two part is such a douchey, like, uh, cherry on the Sunday that Vince adds. Uh, I really like that line. It's one that's kind of carried with me for the past 10 years. Yeah, is that, is, that's when um, that's when he's uh, having that uh, that dinner with E, yep. I'm guessing, yep. with the, the boys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, douchey line. We'll, we'll forgive him for all this crap, but yeah. We will. Because Vince can get bad in some seasons. This is his first like kind of uh, bad moment. And as we talked about earlier, it might have just been him testing Erica. I'm not going to forgive all the behavior, but I'll forgive some of it. Entourage is known for its incredible soundtrack. There are some pretty decent songs in this episode. Anthony, what was your favorite song? You know, I, it was... Uh, I, I looked at the, the, the song track list, and it was, uh, it was this... Uh, feel feel the love by young mc yeah um uh, i just well I'm, I'm a big fan of uh upbeat hip-hop i'm not a, i'm not like a huge follower uh, yeah i couldn't name like more than more than i don't know x amount of hip-hop artists but but i always always love that shit and uh that one was just upbeat i forget which scene it was playing in but it was when um, they were in the limo outside of vince's party when turtle runs in and grabs the wad of cash and then they they, they peel out Right, right, yes. Uh, he just decides he's not into it and he wants to get out of there. Yeah, super, super sweet. They're really good at that. Um, I follow the uh, the guy who scores it. Oh, yeah. Um, dude just crushes it, man. Oh, he's yeah. Super, he's super good at what he does. I'm Scott. surprised His name's he's Scott. gotten big movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
big gambler too, it looks like. We would love to have him on at some point, so stay tuned for something like that. Yeah, I want. I personally want to do like a, a deep dive on the music of Entourage with him. Does that to be a whole two, three hour podcast in itself? Some of the choices he's made, some of the songs that have like been debuted on the show. Um, he does a really, really good job. And just recently on Twitter, he was talking about how the Lucifer drop at the end of the pilot, the Jay Z song, was what basically secured him the job. Like everyone was blown away with that. Special consideration also goes to Funk Number 49 by Joe Walsh. It's a classic rock song. It's played at the very end when, like, the boys all kind of run onto the private jet. And I know last week I just criticized how every episode ends in a classic rock song and how this should be better than that. But something about that song just made the episode, made the kind of end of the season uh, more uplifting. So... I'm going to contradict myself from last week. Fun 49 by Joe Walsh. Very good classic rock song. It's a good one, man. And, and there is there is a common thread with uh, with classic rock songs and closing credits. And I think that's just a testament to it. I mean, I know there's been other ones, hip-hop, Kanye, and all those other ones. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's that's, I think that is the most prominent exit or outro song that they use. Or not song, but genre in the series. So. Totally. And it adds up. It's still good music, so, yeah. Any bad songs in the episode? Uh, yeah, you know what? Just not a big fan. Not a big fan of that uh, that that opening one. Yep. Um, Heaven, Los Lonely Boys. Just, That's right. I, I don't know where I've heard that before, but at some point I've heard that in my life, and I was thinking, nope, just not a fan. The opening scene is when Vince Respect is saying that. goodbye. Yeah, Vince is saying goodbye to one of his like many girlfriends on the street, and then as they start walking, Heaven by Los Lonely Boys plays. It's a very 2004 song, is what it is. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, but, you know, good for Vince. He remembered the chick's uh, dog's name. And, and But, yeah, the song was a little mediocre. What was your favorite celebrity cameo from this episode? I think we know what it is. We discussed it at length already. There are only two. So uh, I'm just going to offer up. I'm pretty sure it's Larry David. Yeah, it was Larry David. And actually, um, I, I actually Googled that. Uh, while we were waiting around right there for a second, and it was, uh, it, it looks like Jeremy Piven had actually done some sort of article with uh, some sort of publication, and he said that, you know, it, it, there was no script. Larry bounced some ideas off him or something, and then it was just game on. Wow, um, that's awesome. Which was uh, which was cool to read, and then thinking about it and and watching that scene, it's like, damn, like, how, like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna talk about this scene, and it's gonna be about me and you, you know, no showing me at a Lakers game or whatever, whatever it may be. Uh, and, and then all of a sudden it turns into Vin Diesel and power shakes. It's like <laughs> it, that, that, that part just became even more of a favorite part. So, uh, that, yeah, absolutely. I think that was, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. One of the greatest TV writers of all time paired with one of the best TV actors of like the decade in a scene. And they're just like going to town on each other. It was, it was a great scene. Yeah. I, I, it, it's it's pretty much the the highlight of the show or the highlight of the episode for me. Yeah, so, I love that they threw the interaction with Johnny in there. Hey, you know, really, it was perfect. <laughs> and he's you know, drama is like, hey, any good parts and Kirby enthusiasm for me. Kirby enthusiasm has like four characters. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's classic. I love it. So worst celebrity cameo. I wouldn't say she was the worst because she offers like a nice 
bit of clout and pull at the end of the season. It kind of showed that this show to draw in celebrity guests, but Vince has been bitching to E or has been bothering E for the past two episodes. Put me in touch with Starlet Johansson. Put me in touch with Starlet Johansson. And when they're on the runway, E picks up his phone, hands the cell phone to Vince, and it's Starlet Johansson. Hey, Vince, it's Scarlet. Is this uh, this a bad time? Hey, Scarlet. Hey, how are you? Where are you? I'm in New York. I just got in. Really? I'm on my way to New York right now. You want to grab a late dinner? Uh, let's let's make it an early breakfast. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll call you when I land. Okay. Cool. Talk to you later. What did we think about this Tamio, though, Anthony? Um, yeah, so, you know, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Scarlett Johansson sure. in general. I mean, I think that we can all agree she's, she's great. Uh, not by her own design, but yeah, kind of uh, the whole episode, we're just going like, like, fuck you, Vince. And, yeah. and, and this is just kind of ridiculous and leave him alone, whatever. But when, you know, when it finally comes around and she's on there, it's like, how can you hate her? And like, that's almost auxiliary to what's going on. But, uh, you know, the fact that he pulls it off and all, and all this stuff, it just, it makes it that much more of like a, a valuable cameo. But yeah, I would say, I would say the way we're going to classify it is like the worst cameo by the way, the cameo was brought on yep. just because he's just getting pummeled the whole episode. And, uh, you know, the way Vince is bringing us on is just, you know, uh, just a little ridiculous, but, um, yeah, I would say if we're looking at it from that perspective, easily the worst cameo. And I don't know if we can say Nadine is the worst cameo. <laughs> um, I don't know what her acting career was at the time. If she would be considered a cameo or just, you know, someone acting, um, she's great, but, uh, it, she could be the worst too, just for that juice, uh, the juice box line. Yeah. So I don't, yeah. yeah. <laughs> true, 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 true. She could, she probably should be the worst celebrity Tamio, but to just go back to the star Joe Tamio, uh, agreed. Like yeah. she's underutilized in this Tamio. She's kind of misplaced. She said, Hey, I just landed, even though she's clearly walking out of grand central train station. And then she really awkwardly says goodbye at the end of the phone call, which makes it seem like she did one take one run through they had her for five minutes and she didn't really know what she was doing. If you rewatch it and I'll play the clip shortly, like she's like, okay, bye. And it's just very fake. And it doesn't make me think she's having a conversation with anybody on the other end of the phone. Yeah. Um, I don't know if, if you're asking my opinion, but yeah, I, I saw that and I was thinking, well, maybe I, if my, if my brain goes to just like how they were shooting it and you know, basically kind of agreed exactly with what you're saying. But, um, also, you know, the the the, the show uh, version of me is going, well, you know, maybe she's, uh, maybe she is, you know, she's, Vince is like a, a, a big catch to her. I don't know. And she's yeah. nervous. But, but yeah. Same, maybe same that's Scarlett Johansson nervous. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that shows us clout early on. Yeah, totally. It's 2004, which means that there is a lot of questionable fashion choices that are made uh, throughout the season. What would you say was the worst outfit that you saw uh, in this episode? Not saying I wouldn't rock it now, but that that uh, it was the loudest thing in the episode. I think it was that that like snakeskin leather jacket that Vince <laughs> wears at the end. And yeah. honestly, I, I say this mostly because I feel like it's just not really par for the course for him. Agreed. Um, as he develops throughout the uh, rest of the season, but yeah, I would say you know if we're, if we're going hey relative to the characters and their style, like 
Vince can do a little better or he can, he, he you know, he dials it down a lot. So yeah, it's uh, a little loud he, for Vince in season one. Yeah, exactly. And it, and you know what I, in, in searching for that, you know, you look at Johnny drama's clothes and he, he, he goes back and forth between loud and like a shirt that is like a, like a car brand or like some sort of like Harley Davidson brand. And like, that is it. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I would say probably the, the, the leather jacket from Vince is probably just the worst, man. I don't know. It's always easy to target Turtle in these early seasons, but it's a, I always say like it's a sign of the times and it's part of his character's personality that he dresses, you know, in like head to toe like sneaker wear. So he has this like orange and brown echo dead up when they're golfing on the roof and he kind of tops it off with this orange Titleist visor. He looks like a clown. But it's, mm-hmm. again, part of his character. He's dressed like a clown in every scene in every episode, So, at least early on in the show. So it almost didn't stand out to me as much. And then special shout-out goes to E's blue and white striped vertical like oversized button-down that he wears for the first half of this episode. Just looked like something right off the rack at American Eagle. He pairs it with the boot-cut jeans. I think he's supposed to wear them to make him look like taller, and it just made him look straight out of my middle school <laughs> to be honest with you yeah yeah i i painted vertical lines on dom deloise and took you know 120 pounds whatever he says but yeah no i i think uh i think i wore that same outfit to uh, an interview at uh at the gap when i was in, uh, <laughs> like my sophomore year so did you get the um, job? But yeah I, I i did i worked one day nice. and then uh my friends came in and talked with me and then i quit i didn't show up that was it i didn't come in the next day Anthony, uh, technically, then, uh, you still worked at that gap. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Guilty. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, um, you know, but we can get sidetracked on, on Turtle later. But, yeah. you know, he does have a lot of good uh, good outfits, you know, on brand for him, yep. so to say. So, yep. uh, but yeah, sometimes he wears shit like with the visor and stuff. And you're like, what? What in this episode hasn't aged well? Mm, probably the outfits, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'd say Vince um, being a douchebag as well to everyone. It just doesn't really line up with the rest of his behavior throughout the show. His his attitude, and then I think um, the whole episode. Everyone is probably you know Johnny comes around and he mentions to him like, hey, you know, like you're not going to find anyone else. Blah blah. Yep. And Turtle is just being Turtle, and and uh, which I which I'm a huge fan of, by the way. Um, and then uh, you know Eric is just fighting for his. For his, I don't know, his Funny. part and everything. Yeah, some so. sort of just like some sort of official title in this circus. Uh, I will actually right. say now that I'm remembering, uh, there is a scene where Turtle's watching pay per view porn on the couch, like on the big screen in the middle of the day. It's that doesn't <laughs> yeah. age well because of laptop laptops and smartphone technology. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to you don't have to do that in the living room anymore. Yeah. <laughs> At two thirty in the afternoon or whatever it was. Which, 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 you know, I, I feel like that that kind of shit just doesn't pop up in TV shows anymore. Yep. It's like they forget that that was a 90s thing or 2000s thing or whatever. So, um, yeah, age well, it doesn't age well or was aged out too early. Yeah, or maybe it aged very well. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> uh, I will say for yeah. one thing that did age well, um, it's a really small thing and it's back to the outfits. I actually really liked Vince's athleisure outfit when they're on the roof hitting golf balls when turtle's wearing his clown dead up with the orange visor vince is rocking like sweatpants a dark tee and a zip-up hoodie 
and it, I liked it so much because that's how I dress now every single day. <laughs> so I was like, oh, look, that's an outfit I could wear right now. So special, special place in my heart for Vince's athleisure outfit. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah part of me wishes that, um, that we covered just sort of the entirety of the series because I feel like there's a lot to be said about everyone's sort of evolution of, uh, you know, clothing or, or style and, and, and uh, you know, obviously even personality. But yeah, Vince, Vince sometimes comes out and I'm like thinking, if I wore that, I would just look like such a douche. Yeah, I totally agree with you. We're, I mean, I'm 30. At, you know, it's, at this point, it's just about being comfortable to some degree. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, and you're at your house especially. Vince has also got just movie star on him. You know, he can, he can wear whatever he wants because he's a movie star. Nobody gives him shit. And when the, all the other guys are kind of trying too hard with their outfits. Right. And, 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 and I, don't, I don't know if we, we covered... Uh, but like, I mean, the Johnny drama leather jacket for the audition is just, oh, it's just yeah. money. It's perfect. perfect. He looks like he's <laughs> in the departed or something like that. Yeah. Every week we like to give the Marvin award for best new character and the Dom award for worst new character. I feel like we've talked a lot about the characters, uh, in this episode, but the one thing I do want to mention, and I don't know where you fall on this. Let me know if you think these were best or worst new characters is what did you think of, Dodge Allen, Larry Charles, and Stephen Levinson being like the guys auditioning drama for CSI. Your time is up, Conlon. No, Taggart. I'm afraid it's your time that's up. Hey, come on, man. A little respect. Yo, 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 back there. I'm acting here. A little respect, huh? I mean, please. For an email. Yeah, well, I've been working on this thing all day. This is important. John, don't let it throw you. Just ignore him. Focus, focus. Focus? Fuck that, man. Tell this guy to focus. All right, Johnny, thank you for coming in. Appreciate it. Great Goodbye. Job, John. Great job. Thank you. You know Fuck you. You know, I don't know. That's uh, a conflict of interest, I yep. feel like. You know, Doug, Doug, Doug's the creator, but, I mean, you know, he nails, he nails that role. You know, he, actually, in this episode, he was... Um, he was fine, you know. He was just kind of like, uh, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't work in that industry, but I understand that. And I'm actually listening to some podcasts where it's like, look, man, you know, you come and do a, an audition, and you can beat yourself up about it, and you can think that they just want to, you know, burn you at the stake. But at the same time, or, or not at the same time, actually, conversely, these people just want to, they want to hire the right person. Yep. So when you look at it like through those lens, it's it's like you know what even if these guys are kind of douchey it's like you know they're tasked with hiring someone and and then uh you know if if it's the right role they're they're gonna listen more if it's not they're gonna you know send them out but if we're gonna boil that down to something i think yeah is it levinson the guy that's sending the email yeah levin steven levinson the associate producer of the show is right in the back on the phone texting throughout uh, drama's audition and drama freaks out because he's not showing him the respect drama thinks he deserves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and who's the guy that looks like, uh, you know, one of the guys from like ZZ top. I know he plays some sort of, uh, some role behind the scenes as well. I think that's Larry Charles. I have to, uh, I'll have to check because there, there's a few guys in that scene that like, uh, uh, stand out, but no, it is Larry Charles. He's a director, and he was, uh, uh, I think, one of the producers of the show Entourage. I did like them inserting themselves in these roles as like dickhead movie people, and you know they pop up two or three more times, and each run in with drama gets like more and more ridiculous as the seasons continue. Right, right. Now, I, I think the takeaway is that you know Doug, Doug, 
in this in this particular interview, he's he's a little more mellowed out, but you know he he can he can hit the dick roll uh, pretty pretty well. So if totally. he listens, totally. Well, speaking of drama, what was your favorite Johnny drama moment in this episode? You know what? You already covered it, but it, you know it was. Uh, I love when it comes around because you know he's just he's he's riddled and you know he's always talking and saying ridiculous things. Uh, so when he comes around and he tells Vince that. I think that's the, it's like one of the best lines and he's got a, he's got a lot of those moments throughout the series where it's just like most ridiculous, but then at the same time, like just the clearest vision of like what's right for whoever's, you know, uh, you know, at stake or whatever. Yeah. While he's kind of the doofy ape, some of the times he also is a lot of times the voice of truth and, you know, in a season full of really hilarious Johnny drama moments. I think the most impactful line that he has is in this episode and he's talking to his brother Vince and he simply says, You made the stupid decision, bro. What? Yeah, you ain't that easy. <laughs> you think you're going to find someone that you like that can tolerate you 24-7? I love you, bro, but I ain't doing it. And it just kind of, I think, <laughs> helps Vince see the force yeah. in the trees with the, the E situation. Totally agree. I'm bummed we can't end, you know, the season and the episode with like Johnny's crazy like off the wall story about whatever but no that 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 line kind of sums it up for for me last thing who besides Vince won the episode everyone has a win in their own way I mean I I, the one thing I like about Turtle in the earlier seasons is that he's just so you know Turtle season one right you know he's just he's freaking jerking off on the couch at 2 p.m. or or maybe he's not he's watching a porno or whatever yeah you know, and then he's just saying these ridiculous things, and and then you know, drama. He's uh, you know he's doing his thing. He's reminiscing on old times, or he's doing this. Um, but but uh, I don't know. I you know maybe E man. I mean, this yeah. was like a big time for him to step up and and kind of figure things out, and and honestly, just kind of tell him to fuck off, and like he's either going to do it or he's not. And everyone's giving him shit, man. Like oh, yeah. uh, he's walking out of Ari's office and. There, uh, you know, he's asking, you know, how to deal with Emily, and he's like, oh, you know, she's not gonna get her phone, and then he like acts like he's on his phone, and she still sees him and flips him off, and it's like, yeah, um, I didn't even, I and then didn't he goes consider that. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. He he uh, he faces a lot of adversity, and then you know, at the end, he triumphs, um, yeah. and 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 makes a lot of really good decisions throughout the whole series. So it's like. This is kind of where we see him uh, put his foot down and, and, and start making all these good choices. And I'm sure you guys covered this in Busey and the Beach, but I mean, Ari was all against Queens Boulevard, and yep. who wasn't, you know? Yep. So, And that bears fruit uh, later on in seasons two and three. Uh, you know, it turns out that Queens Boulevard is a big hit. Um, yeah, I nice. completely agree with you. E wins this episode. His sales pitch to Vince at the restaurant is very good. Well... What's your sales pitch? All right, Vince. Look, I picked your last movie. I put you in this new movie. I know you. I know your strengths. I know your weaknesses. Yeah, you do have a few. Vince ain't got no weaknesses. That's a double negative. Huh? You just said he's got weaknesses. Look, I'm starting to see how this business works. And I feel like I'm starting to learn how to work it. (laughs) How many times have we heard that one, Vince? Fuck up, turtle. Vince. Take your time. Don't rush into anything. You guys are right. I got to think about things. And then Vince just kind of tells him to fuck off. And he's like, well, I like how things, I like things the way they are. Just, I don't know. He, right. he puts up a lot of shit and him triumphing at the end. I think he ultimately wins 
this episode. Would you consider this an A-list episode, a B-list episode, or a D-list episode? I, I would say A-list for sure, man. I would, uh, yeah. I, there's there's a handful of episodes that are really good in terms of like turning points and and characters really coming into their sort of roles and whatnot. And uh, I would say this is the first one where everyone's kind of like, okay, we're not just partying. We're doing something. This person's moving the ball forward over here. This person's moving the ball forward there. So definitely an A-list episode. 100% agree. This is only the second A-list I've given to this first season, and, and the first episode was the pilot. So the season one of Entourage starts on a high note and ends on a high note. There's some rocky road in between. There's some ups and downs. You know, we did Billy Walsh's introduction, but we also did, you know, a whole episode spent with Gary Busey on a beach. There's there's a lot of, like, uh, things that happen that don't really fit the mold of Entourage in later seasons. But all in all, a really great introduction to a show which becomes it's insanely popular and insanely uh, influential on the rest of Hollywood and pop culture. Oh, yeah, I was just going to say, uh, it's uh, it, you know, I don't live in Hollywood, but, I mean, it seems influential. I would say that just seeing the comments on videos that I've posted, it's like, you know, it's like, damn, like, these are hilarious. I don't even care about followers or likes. It's like, if I see a bunch of comments, it's like, yeah, I'm just sifting through. I'm going, son of a bitch. These people are, 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 are just as sick as I am. And uh, the things they, they, they comment on are hilarious. Oh, people um, pulling yeah, the most anyways, random uh, quotes out of the out of thin air. Yeah, it, it's it's a really bonding experience. It's a lot of bros being bros, to be honest. But you know, a lot of people like the show. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, I love it. I love it when people comment. Oh, dude, you were you're just such a Johnny drama, and it's like, no, you're a Johnny drama. And I'll <laughs> click into the profile, and I'll look at like four pictures and like a video or something of this guy's profile, and I'll be like, this motherfucker is a Johnny drama. <laughs> like the point point in case. That's so, um, yeah, that makes my day for sure, man. I mean, it's, it, it definitely, it, um, I definitely appreciate that. Well, and I know we all appreciate your work and continue to do great work. Anyone who isn't yet, please follow the Entourage Quotes one word Instagram account that Anthony runs. Make sure you follow me. I'm at JR. We'll do it on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Anthony, this has been a blast. We 100% are going to have you back on possibly in person you were also on the west coast and uh you know we're setting up a studio here in san francisco so would be much easier to do this face to face than over skype during a rainstorm (laughs) yeah totally i'll be i'll actually you know i'll actually be up there uh in may so um you know if the timing works out or or you know i sometimes i'm up there for work i'd love to i'd love to be had up there so uh, awesome me now we'll be in the middle of the extra lawn season two Guys, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you tune in next Monday. We are doing a season one recap. I'll have a special guest on for that. We'll talk about all of our favorite moments, our favorite celebrity cameos, the highs, the lows, and what we can expect from Entourage in season two. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Stay-